Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. He's laughing already. Turn up the volume, <laughs> listen, learn, and laugh. I'm excited today because we have Josh Breslow. Hello. Um, who is a... Uh, an actor, mm-hmm. a working actor, yes. um, currently on Dwight in Shining Armor. I thought you were going to say currently a working actor, oh, currently. which is also true. <laughs> currently I'm a working actor. That can change any second. At any moment. Any moment. And you've done so many different things, but mm. I, I love that you've done um, Nashville. I'm from Tennessee, so oh, yeah? that's cool. And New Girl, mm-hmm. which is that a show that I love. Really fun. And um, you've done a lot of also uh, theater um yes yeah a ton of theater i grew up doing theater uh and then it just kind of continued and then i went to college in new york and then stayed there for a bit after to keep doing theater and then came to la where the uh where the tv and movies are which is now do you like that better than theater oh um recently hmm, no i don't like one more than the other they're very very different experiences um theater definitely does not pay the bills uh so tv and film is more valuable on that front and uh what i love about theater is spending time with the cast and creating a family yeah and with tv and film it's rare that you get to do that unless you are on the movie for weeks at a time or on a tv show weeks at a time or seasons at a time and so the rare occasions where i've gotten to do that in tv and film then I get that same joy that I had doing theater. But that's what I miss the most about theater, definitely. And you also get more feedback immediately. Oh, <laughs> In absolutely. theater, they love you or hate you. Yes. they You you know right away. You I, I do a thing. And I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but I've always done, if I'm not getting laughs, if the show isn't having a response, if the audience isn't responsive, I start doing the show as quickly as I can while still keeping it professional. <laughs> and I feel like that's a favor to the audience if they're yeah. not enjoying just, it as we'll much. We'll just get you through like, this. We'll get you through this. And, uh, it, and it usually makes the show better, honestly. If you have room to speed up, that's usually a good thing. And the audience is much happier because they're like, oh, we're going to get out in time. Yeah, and then they start laughing more because they're happy about getting to you know drinks afterwards. It's a win-win. Exactly. All right, so I see you were Tommy. Oh, uh, at age 10. Yes. I in was the musical Tommy. Age 10 Tommy. That's when I fell in love with the who. And yes. you were Lewis and the King and I, which I was also Lewis and the King and I. So, uh, and here we are. That's here how we, we are. got here today. That's how, that's right. The King and the King. Um, <laughs> that's right. Or Lewis and Lewis. I was just and I, but yeah. Oh, okay. And yeah. I. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, um, now I know, so I'm gonna ask you a couple questions cause you're an actor. Yes. That's not surprising in Los Angeles. No. Um, but you're, you're father is a cpa yes so one would imagine although i'm a cpa so i can't really make assumptions but uh most people would say a cpa sort of dry a lot of left brain no creativity yeah that is not how i grew up (laughs) um my early memories of my dad other than just playing and you know him coaching i think every sports team i was on maybe with the exception of soccer but i could be getting that wrong um, I remember, uh, him building a bed for me in the garage. My dad loves woodworking. Okay. Um, and so I was always around some form of creativity, uh, growing up. Um, I was also around math growing up. I remember visiting my dad at the office and he would, um, take a, a legal pad and write out addition problems for me. And I loved it. I mean, I was little. I was learning uh, math 
young, young because yeah. he was teaching it to me. Right. And, uh, so, so I had both, both sides of the brain working. I always loved academics. So now did you get an allowance and then you had to like budget it out in a, an Excel spreadsheet? No, or? no, I did not. <laughs> um, I think there was a small period of time when I was really little where I got some sort of an allowance and I'm talking like 50 cents or something like okay. that. Um, no, what I would do chores for, um, like washing the car, washing the car really, um, is the chore that I, uh, glommed onto. I would That's get, a good I, one. yeah, it's a good one. You get to be outside and I, and I wasn't doing the, I was doing it with my dad. I, you know, I, right. I, I wasn't real, but you're being subsidized. I was being subsidized <laughs> with baseball cards. That's, oh, okay. that's what I got in return for that. And I loved it. Oh, that's cool. And it was the kind of baseball cards where there was, there was actually a stick of gum still in those packages. Oh, cool. The old school. makes me sound older than I am, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they found it, but there, that still existed. And, and we would do that. that oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, so yeah, yeah, it wasn't really a, um, allowance thing. You know, growing up, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. I, I grew up well provided for. Mm-hmm. I never needed anything. I never had need for food, uh, education, um, love. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have need for any of those things. That was all fulfilled. Um, a safe place to sleep. All of that. Um, when it came to things, though, I was certainly uh, not given everything I wanted, which I am incredibly grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and even then, you know, I. I um, because when I uh, got a little older, more like middle school, high school, I was in school with a lot of kids who did get anything they wanted. Right. Um, and a lot of the time, just money, which I uh, learned very quickly, led 15-year-olds to do things that they shouldn't be doing because right. they had a stupid amount of money that right. nobody no, – I mean, yeah, nobody needs to really have. And yeah. these are kids that had it. So. No, if I needed something, I could ask for it, and then we'd negotiate and figure it out. I do remember the first time, and this was because I started dating when I was dating my first, you know, major girlfriend, uh, serious girlfriend. I mean, uh, there was a pair of jeans that I wanted to buy that she she really liked, and I wanted to get them. And I think it took well over a month to convince my mom to let me get those jeans. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So I do sometimes wonder if having an allowance would have been a better situation, so right. I could have saved up on my own instead of having to go to them for things. Um, and it probably would have saved my mom a lot of uh, strife and right. arguments. So how does one argue for a pair of jeans? Um, it's tricky with my mom. So so my mom's sense with money is, is pretty different than my dad's. Um, my mom is all about coupon cutting and sales. Okay. And she is incredibly good at it, like right. scarily good. I was just talking to my sister before coming here, and she wa- she needed to do something for work. And she said, you know what? I'm going to call mom because I'm sure she can figure out a way to get a deal out of this. And <laughs> she does. She has that skill. Um, and my dad was more along the lines of you save is – they're both alive and very happy. Yeah. Um, is along the lines of um, you save money as often as you can, and when you really want something – you get it for yourself. You don't. Right. You don't torture yourself. And my mom. I don't know if my mom's ever bought something for herself. Right. Ever. Um, so talking to my mom about getting a pair of jeans and saying, "Well, jeans from Old Navy don't look good. These ones do." Is a very tricky, loaded conversation. Subjective. It's it's incredibly subjective. <laughs> yeah. And she knew that it was being influenced by this girl I was dating and all right. of a sudden, you know, and it causes tension there. So it was, it was very, um, it wasn't just about the pair of jeans. Right. 
Um, but eventually I got them and I wore those out. I mean, I wore those till they died. That's uh, awesome. And I will never forget them. That's awesome. Do you remember a phrase that your mom and your dad said to you when you were a kid or to all of you uh, around money or finances? Like you, you said your dad said save and then buy what you want. But it wasn't as much a phrase like um, – no, there wasn't like an aphorism. I was just aware that any time you made money, you put it away. And so the other side is I did at the age of 10 start making real money. Right. I, I got my first commercial okay. and it was a national commercial and that that was a fair amount of money that came in and we didn't spend any of it. In fact, what we did, my dad took me to a stockbroker and stockbroker said, well, what do you like? And I liked ketchup. So we invested in Heinz and I liked <laughs> computers. So we invested in Microsoft. Okay. And I liked Coca-Cola, but Coca-Cola wasn't a good buy, so we invested in Pepsi. And you know, and it was just what a 10-year-old kid likes, and we found the smart investments. And also, because I was so young, it was okay to take risks with the investments because right. I have plenty of time to make that back. To make it back. That money, it's worth saying, I still have saved, and those investments have rolled over into nice. what is currently a big chunk of my savings so me working at the age of 10 actually provided a lot of the savings that i have today smart so the the message here is start working your kids at 10 yes absolutely <laughs> no matter what they want no matter what they want That's and make right. sure they bring in lots of money now did you want to go into commercials did they force you that was they... all me okay it was all me i don't know what possessed me i know what got me into acting which was the uh the chorus in my elementary school was canceled and I, and I wanted a place to sing, and my mom found an after-school program, and it was musical theater. And over time, the acting became more important than the singing and dancing. Uh, and with that, um, I got an agent, and with kids, they, they cover commercials too, and we right. just we got lucky a couple times. And were your parents super excited that you – like, were they hoping that it was a phase? Were they totally hoping to whatever you wanted to do or – That's a tricky question because I was so young. I wasn't aware of that dynamic. They were – I they have always been supportive. In, in fact, I think there was about a half a year in high school when I wanted to be a judge. I was saying, forget acting. I don't want to do this. I need to fix the world, and the only way to do that is to become a judge and change the law from within. And my parents – adjusted and they were a little uh, uh confused by it and i remember my mom talking to me and she was like you know it's taking your dad time to get used to you being an actor and now you're gonna do this other thing <laughs> honestly i think they prefer me going into the creative uh the creative side of i don't know this world uh it's always been acting and they've always been n nothing but incredibly supportive now are your siblings do you have one sibling? I have you one have... Uh, little sister. And is she also in the entertainment world? She is. She is. She's actually a wildly talented performer. She's an incredible singer, dancer, actress, um, but she did not like that side of the business. She, I think she kind of saw me struggling you know, out of college and went, oh, I'm not going to do that. And that's, that's taking way too much onus. She's her own person. I think that was a tiny element of what may have possibly influenced her. But no, she switched to the other side. She's now a creative exec at Amazon, and she is killing it there. She's oh, just, that's awesome. She's just so good at anything she does. That's awesome. What would you say, um, besides the money you made at 10 years old with the national commercial, <laughs> um, what would you say your other financial successes are that you can look back and go, gosh, I'm glad I did that? There was one, uh, I guess it was about 
four years ago now. I so so for your listeners, I don't know how uh, uh, familiar they are with all the inner workings of the entertainment industry, but background actors are a part of the entertainment industry that are treated not well. And less than. Less than. <laughs> and I think on a movie set or a TV set, the union rate is somewhere around $100 a day. Commercials, it's more like 350 bucks a day, which is better, obviously. Um and I got this call from my agent at the time saying, hey, there's this commercial. They're only bringing in background, but there's a chance they're going to bump up to 20 people up to principal roles. And the difference there is massive. Right. I mean, if you're talking a national commercial that runs all the time, that's thousands and thousands of dollars. So I had this ego battle with myself. And at the time, I had just started dating my now wife. And we were in San Diego. She was on tour and I was I was visiting her. And I had the option of driving back to L.A. to get up really early to go be a background actor, which is something that was a hard hit to the ego. Right. Um, or stay with this woman that was amazing and not leave. And I actually with her with her uh, guidance, I made the good decision to go and be a background actor that day. And they put us all in a tent in this big warehouse actually and we were all sitting around and i looked around and cameras were going through which is very odd for them to be filming anything with background just sitting around shooting the shit and i realized that there were people in video village which is where um producers and directors watch what's going on on the camera and they were basically auditioning us without auditioning us right it was a way to skip the casting process which is pretty unfortunate but it was a real people and i'm doing air quotes audition and I ended up getting picked. And so that was one of those moments where I went, see, it's always, always good if you can to set your ego aside because that, that one choice paid for at least two years of living. Wow. It became a commercial that ran during the Super Bowl, during the Oscars, during the Globes. It ran all the time in a couple different versions. And I'm just really thankful that I decided to get in the car and drive back up that day. Well, I, I think in entertainment, especially in stand up as well, mm -hmm. you got to show up, right? And you don't like even in stand up, they used to say, um, you know, you never know who's in the audience. And even if there's only three people in the audience, it could be the heads of three studios. Yeah. Um, so don't walk in there and get all angry at the three people. Just go in and, and do your best and show up. Exactly. Yeah. My wife always says, um, my job is to go in and share myself. Right. And it is. The most, it's maybe the most valuable advice I've gotten in my life with, in regard to acting and this business overall. Yeah. And what you, and is there one other one or was that the, that's the main one? I think that's, that's the main one. And that's I, a pretty good one. I'll let, I'll, I'll give you a call when I have my next uh, major financial <laughs> success. You'll what, be the first call I made. What was your uh, worst financial decision? I think I didn't put enough energy into creating a side hustle right out of college. So out of college, I did, I got a job at the Apple store. Oh, okay. Which, uh, and I worked there in New York and I thought the hours were going to be more flexible when they were, it became um, too overbearing. And I didn't get creative enough in figuring out how to make money on the side while I was auditioning for theater in New York. And the, I, th I consider that the worst failure financially, because if I had put the time in there, I could have a, ongoing side business that would be continuously bringing in side revenue instead of 
having to hunt for it right now. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. So for me, that's, that's the big mistake I made. I've never, I'm lucky, uh, you know, like I said, education was provided for. So, and I, and being the son of an accountant, I pay my credit card bill before the end of every month. Like it yeah. is, it is, there's no question about that. So I'm not, I'm lucky I'm not in debt. It's not going to be late. No. All right. So, um, you like, you worked at Apple. Now, do you mm-hmm. like Apple over? The other stuff, the I PC? Do, I do. So did you change your stock from Microsoft <laughs> to Apple? And did you change Pepsi-Cola to Coca-Cola now that you're a little more stable? So around that time, <laughs> we rolled all those stocks into a mutual fund. Oh, okay. Because at that point, you know, over that, you know, they'd done their thing and it was great, but they they'd kind of evened out. So they rolled over into a mutual fund. Okay. But working at Apple, I did, this. this is the son of an accountant thing. I had the option to put a certain amount of my paycheck, and this, mind you, I'm working as a uh, uh, in retail. I'm not working right. um, administratively by any stretch. I'm selling computers, um, and I was still putting the maximum amount of that paycheck into both retirement and stock. Sweet, um, because I knew that was more important at the age of 23. That's great. Than having more money in my pocket. And I will always have a soft landing. So if things became really, really desperate, I'm one of those lucky people that I can always live with my parents. I hope I don't have to do that. I'm right. sorry, mom. <laughs> um, I don't, I hope I never have to do We're that. We're not coming but, home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I'm safe. So I can take those risks. Um, I can take those risks. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, mutual funds are good. And why did you mm-hmm. pick mutual funds? At the time, it was just an easy decision to make. It was a higher risk mutual fund because again, I was young enough that that was okay. Um and then when I made more money, when I made more money off of um that more recent commercial, I saved over half the money I made from that and gave that to a friend who does hedge funds. And okay. so, yeah, I'm very invested, not super liquid. Okay, <laughs> is cool. where I'm at right now. Yeah. And how will you know when you have enough? Like, what's what's the? You know, I had this thought about a month ago, and I was looking around the duplex that my wife and I live in. You know, we we rent one half of a duplex, and I was like, in reality, I'm happy. The thing that's stressful is how intermittent the paycheck is. If I knew I was going to be in this income bracket for the rest of my life, but consistently and knowing where the paycheck was coming from, I'd be completely happy. If I get a huge job tomorrow and I can invest in real estate, which is to answer your question, in my mind, owning real estate of any sort is making it. It's very, I mean, I guess it's ingrained in me. It's very American ideal. Yeah, um, but that always seemed like the thing, just owning real estate in some some form. So that's that's what I'm working toward. Okay, but I've also uh, decided that I need to uh, accept and be happy where I'm at, especially yeah. in this business, because who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's pretty yeah. crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's funny when you talk about real estate, because I'm thinking like I like real estate, mm-hmm. um, but my whole point of real estate is. Is I like owning the property so nobody can throw me out. Like, I, not that I've been thrown out of places. I don't right. know why, but like, there's a security in this Absolutely. is mine. I can do what I want to the walls, and uh, it's mine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mine, mine. It's mine. stable. I mean, yeah, it's it's it. Cre- I imagine it creates some sort of 
a little more emotional stability, which is yeah, always, just, always a nice thing to it's, strive for. Especially in L.A. <laughs> especially That's in L.A. Right. Now, That's what right. is your what is the least favorite things you you what do you not want to spend money on? What do I not want to spend money on? Well, the most annoying thing is always an emer- emergencies. Ah. For example, um, I have a 2007 Prius. Oh, and the catac- the catalytic converters on those are very easy to steal. And oh, no. twice now, people in the middle of the night have taken that off the bottom of the car. And that kind of thing is what drives me crazy. Yeah. It's the unexpected expense. You know, you pay, you, you have an emergency, you have to go to the hospital. You have no choice. Those, those are the things that drive me crazy. The thing that I'm trying to spend less money on because I know it's less valuable is food. That's the killer for me mm. is I, it's so fun to go out to eat and my, that's one that my mom always said. Actually, you asked about aphorisms. She always said, like, your money, you're eating the money, like, if you go ah. out for food. And it wasn't until the last couple of years that that really clicked in my brain, and now it's Costco all the way. But it's also important, too, uh, for me to go out with my wife, and even if it's not an, even if it's a hole in the wall, it's nice to do those things, too. But I try really hard not to spend money on food. Who does the cooking? We... My wife more than I do. Mm-hmm. We both do. But a lot of the time, it's leftovers or we're piecing together meals or she'll whip something up really quick. Um, those gender roles, it's really sadly hard to avoid. And my wife is a better cook than I am. Mm-hmm. But I try to even that out and I fail. I did Blue Apron for a while and yeah. then I was on it. I was doing most of the cooking and that was great. But uh we we stopped doing that. <laughs> well, you know, I did those for a while too, yeah. and it's great because you can cook a really good meal. Yeah, but there was so much packaging that I was throwing away. That is exactly the and problem. I had. just felt it's brutal. It's brutal. And we try to recycle as much of it as you can, but it is really rough. The yeah. amount of trash we're creating, and yeah, that was that was a problem for us too, especially with those ice packs and all the plastic and yeah. everything. Sorry, Blue Apron. This Sorry. is like an anti-ad. I know. The food's it, great, but the packaging it's, is, is the packaging rough. Is, it's tough. That was the reason. Yeah, that was my sole reason because it yeah. was it was good. Um, when, um, how often do you have conversations with your wife around money? Like, do mm. you sit down and plan out the month? Do you have conversations? I know some people that never speak. We absolutely have conversations about money. Um, when we got married, we sat down and figured out what our individual monthly uh, uh, bills were. (laughs) And we looked at it and we saw who had to pay more, who had to pay less. Again, the fact that I, um, well, what we wanted to do was make it so that we were helping each other out on that front. So if one of us had higher car insurance than the other, we would even that out. Right. Um, and we do it through the rent. <laughs> we, we even it out via the rent. Right. Um, and that was really, really helpful to get an idea of that. And then every now and then we'll go out on a date and bring a little notebook with us and try to figure out some goals, what we want to be doing and money stuff. Um, and aside from that, we will just check in. We'll say, hey, in this savings account, there's this much and this, there's this much and this, there's this much. And so we're just aware of it. But we don't do month to month budgeting. Okay. But there's a consciousness and you're checking in and you know, like, I I mean, I'm amazed as a CPA, how many people (laughs) I can say, how much is in your bank account? They're like, no idea. Oh yeah. 
I, I hope it's positive. <laughs> I think that was one of the benefits of investing early because I, as a kid, it was so fun to go online and check those stocks. And so right. I, I gained a small habit of checking. And happily, that habit hasn't become obsessive because I do know people that will every day check their statements. And, you know, that is not my thing. But every now and then I'll take a look or I'll check in and when the bank statements come in and just make sure everything's okay. Now, is your wife in the entertainment world? She was. Um, She is. I know I said my sister's talented. It sounds like I'm just being. uh, Everybody uh, you know is talented. That's good. My wife is the most talented actress, performer. I have ever met. She, um, I'll, I'll, I'll toot her horn a little. Uh, she was uh, Glinda on Broadway in Wicked. Oh, she cool. was Penny on Broadway in Hairspray. She did. Wow. Yeah, she's phenomenally talented, um, but she doesn't love the business. Ah. And so she's actually started her own business recently. It's called Antique Botanicals, and okay. it's a it's succulents and antiques. And she's uh, doing these arrangements in these beautiful antiques and. People are starting to commission her to do it, and it's amazing. I come home, and she's covered in dirt in the backyard and so happy. And Oh, that's awesome. I couldn't want anything more. It's amazing. Well, you know, one of the themes that I'm hearing is happy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I think, like, that's really cool to hear because I do think mm-hmm. so many people think it's about – and I was guilty of this, and that shifted, but accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, how many things can I accomplish? How much money can I get in the bank? And – it doesn't always leave people happy. No. And, and to be fair, that's a battle. It's not like I wake up every day and I'm serene and good to go. It's I feel that encroaching. I feel that, oh, you know, my this checking account's down. I'm going to have to take out from the savings account. I don't want to do that. And of course, I have those stresses. But when I'm in a good space and I can accept wherever I'm at and I go, okay, so what what is it that I can do? Everything melts away and I feel really uh, safe and secure in those moments. So. It takes some work. It takes some work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't just happen. Yeah, exactly. No, no. It's an every that's an everyday thing. That's an everyday make sure we feel good about this. You gotta tend to the garden. Exactly. Um when you're out and about, I would imagine that people sometimes will say, Hey, I recognize you from this or that. Mm-hmm. Um like when you think on that, like, does that feel good? Does it feel weird when it first happened? Well, most of the time they think I'm Crystalia. I see that. Um, or Jake Johnson or Pau Gasol. Okay. Even though I am a foot tall shorter than two of those people. <laughs> um, uh, so that's definitely happened a bunch. Oh, that's um, funny. People recognizing me from something has happened a couple times. One time was at a Quiznos. Well, the woman uh, giving me my sandwich recognized me from a commercial of all things. Um, I think it's really sweet and kind. And mm-hmm. people... I mean, I know as a fan of many actors and writers and directors that when I see them, I I feel a sense of joy. You think you know the person and hopefully you're sane enough to know that you don't actually know the person. Right. But a good friend of mine who's um, a showrunner, we we were on a hike together and we saw Kevin Bacon and I kept my mouth shut and he said, why didn't you say anything? I was like, I didn't want to bother him. I think he's a great actor. And he looked at me and he goes, who doesn't want to be told that somebody thinks they're great at what they do? And I was like, you're right. And that, and that is the thing when somebody comes up and he says, Hey, I saw this, you were great. Or my favorite is, Hey, my eight year old saw this and they love, they couldn't stop laughing. And I, that just 
makes my day. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing better. No. And I am nowhere near recognizable enough for it to be a problematic in any way in my life. We can only hope that we that can only hope. A problem. All right. Yeah. Well, it's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're also now you host a podcast. I do. And I record it right here. So I, I um, host a podcast for the show I'm on. Dwight and Shining Armor, and you had Brian and Leanne Adams on your show recently, Absolutely. and they are they are my showrunners and yeah. bosses, and uh, they're phenomenal people, lovely, and they've just provided me with so many opportunities. Um, but the podcast, I, I love, I'm a nerd, I love film and TV, I love listening to podcasts about it, and I was listening to, well, many, the Good Place podcast, the Breaking Bad podcast, all, all these podcasts behind the scenes, but the Good Place podcast had Mark Evan Jackson as the host and he's a recurring villain on that show. Right. And that's when my brain went, Hey, Hey, I'm a recurring villain on a show. And I got in touch with Brian and Leanne and pitched it to them. And we ended up, yeah, we've done for every episode that has aired. We have recorded a behind the scenes episode and I love doing it. It is so much fun. Um, so I do that. And I'm also, I, I, I should have mentioned earlier, I'm also a writer and uh, I've, you know, I make a little money on the side doing that too, which is nice. And hopefully that'll blossom into more of a career as well. What's the end goal? That's a great question. I love working. Somebody asked me once, you know, list fame, money, work. Work is without a doubt the number one priority. Fame is only valuable because it gets you more work. Right. And then money's important to survive. And that's how I think about it in that order. My true goal is to wake up and go to set every day. That is when I am so happy. I am at my happiest when I get to wake up and go to set every day. Um, and the times in my life that that's happened for, you know, consistent periods of time, I, I, I'm so grateful for those because they showed me. You know, it's a really interesting thing about this business. You try and you try and you try and then you get a small success and then you have to find out if you actually like it or not. You spend all this time going for this thing auditioning and auditioning and taking classes and trying this and that and making connections. And then you're on set for the first time. And the first time that re that it really struck me as an adult, I was doing um, a couple weeks on love and other drugs. And I, I actually, the director got in touch with me before that movie got released and he was like, Hey, just so you know, uh, you were cut out of most of the movie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they, they had shifted the focus of the story and a lot of what happened in the first act got cut out um and that was fine because the work was the thing that was actually valuable to me and at the end of those two weeks the director said to me because he knew me and he said hey is this you know what you thought it would be and i was like yeah this is this is i love this and it was a relief in that moment i think i was 25 26 mm-hmm. and it was a relief to know that this thing that i'd spent time working toward was something i genuinely loved doing i knew it with theater but film and tv is a whole different thing and to find that out was was uh, it was a joyful moment and it is, it's, I, I love it. I love it. And what would you say to young people that are struggling with, you know, I want to go into the creative arts, but it's not maybe practical or mm-hmm. my folks don't think it's practical. I mean, besides getting a commercial when you're 10, whatever, <laughs> yeah. uh, and like socking away the money, mm-hmm. like what would you say to somebody that's, that may not be getting the support, but that's, that feels like their passion. A few things. One do a lot of free work. I still do a lot of free work, not as an actor, but I consult a lot. I give notes on scripts. I give notes on cuts. I help people with things. I help as much as I can because we have to. 
have to help each other for this to work. Yep. It's it's impossible otherwise. As long as people aren't taking advantage of you, do the free work, make those relationships, and that is the education. It's way better than taking classes. It's better than going to a writer's boot camp. It's better than going to a director workshop. Just do the work in person, and it's okay to do it for free. So that's one thing. Another huge thing for me is never, ever, ever try to be someone you're not, especially as an actor. Say you succeed. Say this is impossible, but say you succeed at being someone you're not, which is right, you know, hard. L- legitimately impossible. But say in this instance you do, and you go into an audition and you trick them. You make them think you're something that you're not. When you go to set a month from now or two months from now or six months from now, however long it is, there's no way you show up as that same person. It's yeah. impossible. The more important part of that isn't a business thing. It's It goes back to happiness. You're not... I, I. The number of times I've gone into an audition trying to be something, it's a waste of everybody's time and it made me unhappy. When I show up and work as myself, as I am that day, again, it's what my wife says, just share yourself. Yeah. That's when the success comes through. And that's also when I'm able to enjoy what I'm doing as well. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a crazy character. I'm playing a evil Italian Inigo Montoya on right. Dwight and Shining Armor. I mean, that is not how I show up in the day. But there is so much of me in that. I'm not playing at it. I'm, I'm just showing up as myself the only way I can and the real heart of all of this is never, ever doubt your talent. Never doubt your talent. You are very good at what you do, period. If a good friend takes you aside and says, hey, you are bad at this. Do not do this. Then maybe listen. But don't listen to people that go, oh, you know, maybe it's a really tough career. They're not talking about your skill at that point. They're talking about their own fears and what they've heard. Right. The only thing that actually makes acting harder than any other career is the slim number of jobs you are appropriate for. There are thousands of skilled people in every profession, people who are great in different ways. In acting, the number of job opportunities is so much slimmer because you're the wrong height, the wrong gender, the wrong eye color, the wrong feel, the wrong day that you came into this casting office. That's that's what makes this hard. And that's why you can't take any of it personally, because people saying no to you in this business, even though you're showing up and and sharing yourself, them saying no to you isn't saying no to that. It's saying no to this project. Right. And I think that's a big, scary demon that people who are outside of the business and even in, but outside of the business don't understand. And so they deter people from doing this. And no, I think, you know, you want to do this or you don't. And if you want to do it, it's probably not just that you want to, but you can't do anything else. There is no other thing. Right. There's no, I, I, I can't imagine doing anything other than what I do and I won't, I refuse to. You don't want to, you don't want to go back to Apple? No, no, I don't. <laughs> You're clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty clear on that. Yeah. Not, not going back to Apple. Um, there are days when I hate this business so much. I sure. go, oh, I should have just become an accountant. You know, <laughs> though I think that's <laughs> one, one of them. Pro- it's the one profession that I think my dad wouldn't have let me done, uh, would not have let me do. Uh, but I do think the most important thing going back to, I feel like I've rambled, but going back to your original question, 
the true most important thing for anybody getting into this business is just to trust yourself and not doubt yourself. There's no value. There's zero value in doubting your own talent. Learning more, there's always value in. But thinking you're not enough will only kill you. You're, you're saying no to yourself before you go to anybody else for a job. That's by yeah. far the most important thing. That's cool. Well, so it sounds like what I'm hearing, besides get a commercial when you're 10, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, we should all have done that. Uh, um, no, it is just to really like find what makes you happy. Yeah. Um, share yourself. I, lo- I love that quote. Your, yeah. your wife should uh, like trademark that. <laughs> she um, should. And, and or become a life coach as well on the side with <laughs> after the flowers and the succulents and the antiques. <laughs> That's right. Um, but like really like, um, yeah, just be a little bit intentional and conscious and uh, be nice. <laughs> yeah. And that that is the other thing. It's all about you don't get into this business if you don't want to work with people. Right. Movies, film, movies, film, movies, TV and theater are all collaborative mediums. There are huge egos involved and, and a lot of creative people and heads butt. But if you don't want to work with people, this is not the business for you. And I say that leading up to it's the best part of the business. Right. That you get to just work with other creative people to make the best thing possible. It's it's the best feeling. There's yeah. nothing. There's just nothing better. Well, where can people find you on social media? I know they can find you on the show Dwight in Shining Armor. Yes. Do check out Dwight in Shining so Armor. Check it out. It's a great show. It and is. the people on it are awesome. And the writers Lovely. and this, the runners and the... Mm-hmm creative people are amazing um but where can people find you on social media um i'm not huge into social media but you can definitely find me on instagram at the josh breslow because some other josh breslow beat me to the handle how dare he i know i know it's it's okay i i assume he's a good person i'm sure he is because of the name yeah i i just hope uh but no it's at the josh breslow on instagram is probably the best uh way to find me on social media or you can check out my imdb page and Learn all my and credits. Learn all the credits. That's right. That's no. right. All right. And it's not the real, like the real Donald Trump, you know? No. <laughs> it's the. No, it's not. You don't, you just, you know, you're the real deal. So it's, it's just, just the Josh Breslow. That's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was a pleasure. It's been awesome. Um, to our listeners, please don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Um, and if you have a question you'd like to ask us or one of our future guests, you can always visit our website, moneyyoushouldask.com, and click on Ask Bob. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player if none of those work. Um, for more tips, stories, financial tools to help you have a healthier relationship with money, be sure to check out themoneynerve.com. Again, Josh, thanks a lot for coming down. It's been a pleasure. It's my pleasure. And I realized I didn't say the name of the podcast that I host is called Dwight and Shining Armor, The Sunken Kingdom. That's another way to find it. People want to check it out. Check it out. Thanks, Bob. This was awesome. 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 